Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Off the Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. How about this? I'm just going to begin the program with pandering to the crowd. If you like the VOLS balls on Neyland Stadium, please like and subscribe this video with Josh Ward and Jay Fucker. That's a bit of a stretch, Josh, but I figure, hey, why not throw it out there? If you like the VOLS, then you should like and subscribe to this video. Wouldn't you agree with that? I think the two go hand in hand. We'll take any kind of credit if you want to attach that to it as well. Yeah, I don't think Tennessee, and by the way, our conversation brought with Josh brought to you by Zul, a beer company right there in downtown uh, on 5th Street, downtown Knoxville. Great panoramic view. Used to be a Volkswagen dealership, so you can hang out and have a good time. We're going to have some Friday events there where we've got food. That'll be fun. But, Josh, when we talk about uh, Tennessee's fan base, I mean, they're so hungry for these types of traditions. I don't think they're going to have to be these this hungry for these top of traditions anymore. It is cool, but at the end of the day, if Tennessee's winning 12 or 13 games a season, nobody's upset about the balls, B-O-L-S, on the side of Neyland Stadium. But I did think it was cool to bring it back. It brought back some memories of me selling $2 programs to make 20 cents and get a free ticket. And I, I think my record was 10, Josh, so that I could buy a coat, but I got a free ticket to the game, so it didn't matter. Dave, you're old, uh, by the way. But uh, yes, uh, I think a lot of fans are thinking about or remembering what you're talking about. And, and by the way, I can go back a ways myself now. And I remember being at Neyland Stadium as a kid and the VOLS letters and how they moved around. And it is mostly about the winning. Can you can you win enough games? Can you beat Florida, Georgia, Alabama? That's what the ultimate determination, whether Tennessee fans will be happy over the next few years, will be. Not letters on a stadium but you can have both and Tennessee fans love the tradition they love the running through the tee they love the music that uh, is on Rocky Top with Tennessee football and they love those letters and you, you can just see when when they went up when you could hop on social media or, or whatever you get a text from a friend on uh, Tuesday and said hey 
the letters are back on the stadium. People were driving down to campus just to see them, <laughs> even though they've seen them before. And there's not much of a difference in seeing them in person and seeing a photo of them. It's still it's really cool to see the photo. But fans wanted to they wanted to connect with it. And that is a reminder of what Tennessee football is about and how much it means to people. And there are a number of a number of examples. Fans drive down to campus to see the Pat Summit statue and have photos taken with it oh, because yeah. Pat Summit meant so much to them. So having the letters back up there on the stadium, I think, is creating a connection to what fans remember most fondly. I don't think I ever ask you specifically, but what are some of the traditions that stand out from Tennessee's perspective? Well, I mentioned running through the T. Uh, that is definitely going to be very high on the list. I would say uh, the vault walk before the game because that is a chance. Like if, if you think about your earliest memories, a lot of the time, if you've had a chance to go to Neyland Stadium to a game as a kid, you're going to think about the chance to maybe go see the vault walk and the band coming through campus and then the players and the coaches walking through. So I think the running through the T, so that's the intro to the game and the vault walk, which is the kind of intro to the entire event that is going to be high on the list and then also the pride of the southland marching band during games uh it's not going to outweigh football and what's happening during the game but there's a lot of history there too with the pride of the southland now and the other one that i always thought stood out that was significant were the checkerboards just because they're not just in and of themselves they're not the coolest looking things in in the world however they have gotten to the point where they are traditional laden and they may look a little bit old school, but Josh, but still, you know, when you see checkerboard, you're talking about Tennessee football. So that's a pretty strong one as well. Yeah. And and I would add just overall branding. So the power T is the the number one brand marker for Tennessee, but remember when lady Vols went away and, and how controversial that was when it came back. So the lady Vols logo is a big deal. And then some of the more traditional or the, uh, the old school logos like the interlocking, UT or the Rifleman, and now you're seeing some some cool designs that is newer with smoking. You you can find those pretty easily, but I, I think the branding of the University of Tennessee in different ways means a lot to a lot of Tennessee fans. Yeah, we we may need to see uh, like a hooker shirt, but we'll see if, if anything like that comes down at the pike. Conference realignment. I've been pitching, by the way, in Josh. We trust. Shirts. Now that's yeah. obviously for Josh Heupel, but you know, I, th- I think it would speak for itself. Well, there may be something we can do with that in all seriousness, but let's, let's start with um, conference realignment. Uh, so I would have never guessed this team, but talking to people over the weekend, North Carolina is the coveted team that's in the catbird seat that can sit back and say, Hey, maybe I want to go to the big 10. Maybe I want to go to the sec. I didn't think that would be the case, but, there, North Carolina is, and I'm told they, other than Notre Dame, are in as good a shape as anyone. North Carolina is valuable to be able to go into that state. It's a big state. You have Charlotte, which is something that I think an area that's an area that either the SEC or the Big Ten would covet. The ACC is happy to have it, obviously. And then academically, there is a draw there. Sports-wise, they can do well in football, but I don't think that's number one on the priority list basketball is certainly attractive you can come back to branding there and it is that the 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 colors the north carolina logo it is a recognizable brand so to be in that state it's a a huge state and to be able to get into charlotte and to have another school that people respect 
Uh, I can see absolutely why it's attractive. How much is North Carolina and Duke tied together? I guess you can find different opinions out there, but I don't find it surprising at all that North Carolina is a school that people that the conferences would be interested in. You think more recently about Clemson's football success, so that comes up more quickly, but outside of just how many games they've won, which is not guaranteed in the future, I think you can more quickly find reasons to be interested in North Carolina. Josh's appearance brought to you by Zool Beer Company. Zool Beer Company downstairs or downtown is easy to find. They've got the panoramic view of the old Volkswagen shop. It's really cool. They recently won the gold for best hazy IPA in the world at the World Beer Cup. They've got ice cream beer. That's pretty strong. And it's lactose free. I don't know how you can do that, but it's awesome. And their merch is really, really strong. So check it out. New and awesome uh, pop culture stuff always there at Zool Beer Company. My argument was bring in Duke too. Okay, so, and I know I'm in the minority here, Josh, but just think if you brought in, and you're a college basketball, maybe you will like this. Um, If you brought in North Carolina Duke, suddenly that matchup in January is an SEC matchup. Suddenly that second matchup, assuming they play each other twice a year during the regular season, is two matchups. Suddenly, they may play in the ACC slash SEC tournament. That's three matchups. So you've got three marquee events, most likely, every single year. Not football. I grant you that. But you've got three marquee events. And the thing about the Duke-North Carolina game, you know better than I do, it usually lives up to the hype. If you could just tag SEC on that, and you have to turn your back a little bit on football, I'm doing that. That that's that's my push. That's where I am. Yeah, I you know, in terms of football results, I don't even know how big of a priority that is. You want good football to come in. North Carolina can be good enough, I would say, on that end, but I think it's more about having that area, having those type schools and having the branding which I mentioned. And if North Carolina's a brand and Duke's a brand, well, North Carolina and Duke together is big branding for your conference. Also think about if you lose North Carolina and Duke to the Big Ten, assuming they leave, obviously they're in the ACC right now, then that basketball tug of war, that really starts to lean heavily toward the Big Ten because I know the SEC's made really good strides, but they need to do a lot more to say we're the best. Having a good regular season and uh, having coaches that are respected is nice, but that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're the best conference. You lose Duke and North Carolina if you're trying to get them to the Big Ten, which is already so respected in basketball, then I would say good luck. So I, I think both together are very attractive. We'll see if that's how it plays out. But if I'm Duke, if I'm North Carolina, I want to be in the same conference together. I was told, again told, if, if, if it was a strong report, I would tell you it was reporting, but I was told that the Big Ten was not as enamored with Duke, which I think opens the door for the SEC. So I'm going to make myself Commissioner Hooker, which I guess would make me a, like a pimp or something. I don't know. But, uh, Josh, I'm going to make myself Commissioner Hooker of the SEC. I'm taking Florida State Clemson, and then I'm going North Carolina Duke. So along your lines, I'm not as concerned with the TV markets, I think, uh, the SEC kind of did that with Missouri and trying to get into St. Louis, and I get all that. But I, it, to me, having USC and UCLA for the LA team, TV market is nice, but it seems goofy that they would have to fly all the way to uh, 
play Rutgers. So those are the four I'm going with. Commissioner Josh Ward, who are the four or two or or Stan Pat that you would you would do moving forward in conference realignment with the SEC. So I would want North Carolina if I'm the SEC. And as I guess I just said, I would want Duke to come with North Carolina. So Duke, North Carolina, I would go Clemson, Miami. I would like to go down to to uh, get Miami, which may be on the way back in football. They're certainly doing some impressive things on the recruiting trail, which Tennessee fans didn't really appreciate earlier this week. But uh, I, I would like to have that school. I would like to have South Florida. I would like Miami to not go to the Big Ten. And I would just I would value Miami more than I would Florida State. I don't have a a real negative against Florida State. So if you choose FSU instead of Miami, I think that's perfectly fine. And in terms of which programs in better shape, if we're just talking football, that's always going to be cyclical. But I would go with the uh, I would go with the U. I would go after Miami to go with Clemson and the two schools from North Carolina. I would give you Miami as of what is it July the seventh? I don't wear a watch. July the seventh. Um, right now with Mario Cristobal there. But you're you're talking about an athletic department that's still way behind what they should be to be a major program. They have to drive 45 to 50 minutes to go to a home game, which is bizarre. And then I'm told that Alabama loves Mario Cristobal if something were to change in the next year. They should. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I would just, I would I would agree. I think he's a top notch coach. I thought Auburn should have done everything it could to try to get him away from Morgan, which maybe just wasn't going to happen. But uh, Mario Cristobal, I think, has a chance to put Miami back. When, when I know we've had that conversation before, is Miami back? Is Tennessee back? Is Texas back? But I think Miami is back to being a player for elite talent. I like Miami right now, but it wouldn't surprise me if something happened with Cristobal and he went to Alabama or got another job if they regressed a little bit. That would be my concern. I think Florida State slightly better foundationally. But right now, as of today, you changed my mind. I would I would take Miami. Neither one of us mentioned Notre Dame. Are we just assuming they're off the table because of their snobbery and because it's just a natural tie to the Big Ten? I am. Oh, sure. I gave you my four schools after I swung and missed on Notre Dame because okay. my, I'm just not going to expect to see Notre Dame make the move finally to a conference and that conference be the SEC. If I'm wrong and Notre Dame says, you know what, we're coming to the, the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey sways them however that needs to be done, well then sure, Notre Dame's number one on the list. Yeah, I don't think anybody's turning them down, but they just keep turning people down. And right. somebody else told me that was really in the know that Notre Dame had better be a little bit careful here. Now they have an awful lot of panache. But if you, have, if you keep playing this kind of snob role, which they've done for the better part of 120 years, and you, you keep doing that and you find yourself on the outside of two mega conferences, let's say two huge conferences in the Big Ten, who's going after more teams out of the Pac-12, and in the SEC, who you know is going to have a response. I'm not saying North Notre Dame could be on the outside looking in, but it's possible, and we've never thought that before. I suppose it's just it's Notre Dame, and yeah, it sound right. Yeah, so and it, it's always going to have some bargaining chip. I I just I don't see NBC going away, or if it did, somebody's going to happily say, "Okay, we'll take Notre Dame football and put it on our airwaves." And even if Notre Dame says we're not coming to your conference, I think most conferences are still going to want to connect with Notre Dame, and then of course their fan base and the uh, and how how 
far and wide that reaches, that's never going to change. So uh, could they could they lose a little bit of their appeal? I, I suppose that's the case. But I mean, it, even go go back to just the football conversation. Dave, they're killing it in recruiting better than I think anybody's expected with the Irish anytime recently. So people are tired of me using this word, but branding is as strong with Notre Dame as any of these schools we've talked about. It's as strong as the Yankees. You know, it's it's that it's that big. Uh, the branding. Yeah, I mean, it, it, go, it goes outside the United States. Like Notre Dame is, is bigger yeah. than just this country. But if you go overseas, I don't know how much Clemson conversation we're going to be able to find. So... Uh, with with all due respect, because they've they won the games on the field and they have the national championships, but I just I don't see Notre Dame slipping away. And times are changing, but I think Notre Dame is always going to have leverage in whatever conversation it's having with whichever conference. It's funny that we didn't name Clemson. Why didn't you? I know why I didn't. Why didn't you? As four teams that could be thrown into the SEC. No, Clemson was one of my four. The two North Carolina oh, okay. schools: UNC, Duke, Clemson, and Miami. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so we we went back and forth to Miami, Florida State, and you've got right. to change mind on that one as well. Um, I, I, I was told this by somebody that would know that the SEC is going to do every single thing they can to make sure that that Notre Dame has their own personal invite in place to a potential mega conference college football playoff because they do not want them joining the Big Ten. That the SEC doesn't believe they can get the Big Ten, they can get Notre Dame, but they don't want them going to the Big Ten for television financial reasons. So I think the SEC is actually on Notre Dame's side to get them in the into the playoff. Yeah, maybe so. And if that's the case, that would come back to what we we're talking about where I don't think Notre Dame's going to lose its appeal because it, it has yeah. that kind of uh, it, it has that kind of leverage in terms of, well, if we can't have you, we still want to make sure that you're happy with the way things are so you don't go somewhere else because we know how much they want you and how valuable you'll be if you're there. So Notre Dame is just, it's always going to be a big piece and uh, it, it's hated by a lot of people. A lot of people don't like hearing what we're saying about Notre Dame, but it's just the reality. The uh, I think I think some fans have felt that it's been too easy for them to get in the playoff. And I think they've earn their way there. They've also earned the whippings they've gotten in the playoff, but that's just because they're typically only a couple teams that realistically are going to win the national title. But Notre Dame is a school that's just, it's always going to be wanted, whether it uh, is in the Big Ten or the SEC. And you know what? Notre Dame can say, hey, in, in the COVID year, we went to the ACC and look at how we fared. We did quite well when we went into a conference for that season. So um, I, it, the SEC would love to have Notre Dame. I don't see that happening. I'd be stunned. If you told me Notre Dame's going to a conference, then I would bet heavily that that conference is going to be the Big Ten. But I'd bet even more that Notre Dame is always going to be comfortable, whether it's in the Big Ten, in the SEC, or doing doing its own thing and working out some kind of agreement with the other conferences related to the playoff and scheduling and all that. Go to zillbeer.com. That's X-U-L, zillbeer.com, to learn more about their fantastic offerings. Uh, I noticed Josh was sipping on one on the uh, lake over the weekend, so I hope you had a fantastic fourth. Lastly, let me leave you with this before we get you out of here, and that is Tennessee recruiting. I think when you look at it, a realistic eye, Tennessee is in a position where they have to take some three stars that they've got to evaluate better than other people that are a better fit. They're not going to go get the war daddies uh, against Alabama and Georgia on a regular basis. I know they missed out on uh, Francis Maui Goa. I'm aware of that, 
but I, I think they've got some guys that fit what they do. Now they eventually have to start winning their battles, and maybe they did so with the twenty twenty four edge rusher this week, Josh. But you know, I, I think Tennessee fans get frustrated when you just get three stars, but that that just takes time to really battle with the Alabamas, Georgias of the world. Yeah, and you are right about the evaluation. So like a Tyree Weathersby, who would be the three-star prospect on the defensive line that committed last week, you need that evaluation to be right. And for him to be somebody that produces, what fans are going to have to remember is that with most of those level recruits, it's going to take time. A three-star player is not expected to come in and play right away or play a big role right away. Sometimes they do. Most often it takes at least a couple years, sometimes longer for them to develop and turn into what you need to compete at a high level in the SEC. I, I do think Tennessee will still land some really nice players in this class. They have some offensive linemen that will be announcing soon that the staff really does prioritize at a, at a high level, maybe not at the same level as Francis, but I think they feel good there. Uh, depending on when you watch this conversation, I, I think the Vols have a good chance of getting Cam Selton. Uh, and beating out Penn State for him. He is a big-time athlete, pretty big kid, too, at the position that he'll most likely play at receiver, listed 210, 215. So they're going to get some good four-star prospects. But, Dave, I think Tennessee needs more results on the field, and they need more players to go into the NFL to then convince somebody like Carnell Tate or Francis Mauingoa to come to Tennessee. Sean Davian Bradley would be probably the highest-rated guy that I think Tennessee should feel really good about on the defensive side. And he'll announce later this summer, most likely. But Tennessee's in a good position in recruiting. To get to the elite position, well, that's just realistically going to take more time. They need more results on the field and off the field to compete with the best programs in the country. May I be the first, at least in my circle, to make the stripes reference with Bill Murray and Francis? Do you remember that reference? Uh, I do, yeah. Yeah, the guy stands up and goes, don't ever call me Francis. And when he calls me Francis, they're dead. The response is, sit down, Francis. <laughs> Just yeah, are you the first to make that reference? I think so. I don't think I've heard it brought up with <laughs> big Francis in Tennessee's recruiting. So there you go. Yeah, I'm not going to tell Francis now we go and sit down. He can yeah, I'll tell Francis he can do whatever he wants to, wherever <laughs> he wants to, for sure. <laughs> to any of my family members, for that matter. Uh, for Josh Ward, I'm Dave Hooker. If you like Josh, if you like beer, then you have to like and subscribe. It's just that easy. Go to Zool Beer Company. He's Josh. I'm Dave. This has been a presentation of Off the Hooks.